Welcome to Mad Men Deconstructed. This is Season 1, Bonus Episode 1, Motifs and Meaning in Mad Men Season 1. Reviewing episodes from Mad Men's first season, I immediately noticed the show's tendency to use repeated narrative elements. This idea isn't uncommon in television series, but I felt drawn to Mad Men's motifs, finding them memorable and consequential. My plan for this episode is to list these motifs, share some personal favorites, and discuss their importance in Mad Men's story. Derived from the Latin word motivus for moving or impelling, a motif is any repeated element that influences the thematic idea or mood of a story. They're often associated with a story's central message. Motifs are commonly differentiated from themes. For our purposes, I'm going to define a motif as a more concrete idea, like smoking, while a theme is more abstract, like materialism. Motifs have been used in art and storytelling for hundreds and even thousands of years. The Greek fret, or meander pattern, is a winding, continuous line symbolizing water, unity, and infinity. It appears as a border in ancient sculpture, art, and even architecture. The Elibelinda pattern depicts a woman with hands on hips, suggesting femininity and fertility. The pattern is woven into the Kilim tapestries of Central and West Asia. Motifs also appear in painting as repeated subjects or scenes. The nativity has been a significant subject in Christian art since the 4th century. The death in the maiden motif shows a young woman being seized by the personification of death. It appears in many Renaissance-era paintings, especially from Germany. The three hairs appear in cave paintings in China, dated to the 6th century. This Buddhist symbol has spread throughout Asia and Europe, and has even been used in Catholic churches and Jewish synagogues. Musicians use the idea of motif as a pattern of notes. These often invoke familiar feelings or reference other songs. Examples include this four-note motif from Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. There's also the Mysterioso Pizzicato, or Villain's Theme. Television can use motifs in several ways, to add meaning to the story, evoke a mood, or even recall a previous episode. Mad Men's motifs often make a thematic statement. They express something the show wants to say. They're how Mad Men communicates its key ideas. Motifs are Mad Men's thematic language. Understanding these repeated elements helps us arrive at the deeper meaning of the show. Mad Men's use of motifs starts from episode 1, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. Cigarettes recur throughout much of the series, but they're essential to the pilot episode's themes, materialism and superficiality. Don's pitch, It's Toasted, is a seemingly meaningless claim for a seemingly useless product. Cigarettes are even adverse to well-being. Mad Men alludes to this throughout Season 1, and through the pilot's use of cigarettes, Mad Men shows us the prevalence of smoking and empty consumerism. Cigarettes will become a debilitating habit throughout the series. Smoking is a temporary relief a moment of satisfaction that fades into wanting. It's an extension of Mad Men's ideas about desire, 
the American dream, and fulfillment. Ladies' Room uses setting as a motif to show the state of women in the 1960s. Sterling Cooper's secretaries cry in the bathroom, coping with the office's misogynistic culture. Betty's anxiety is introduced when she talks with Mona in the restroom at the Prince. Peggy's frustration eventually boils over, and she rushes to the ladies' room, almost in tears. Mad Men is making a statement about repression here. Women had few safe spaces during this era. They often put up with open sexism, forced to cope in private. The ladies' room is the manifestation of that inner-held frustration and anger towards sexism and sexual harassment. Ladies' Room introduces mirrors as a way to convey introspection. Mirrors often prompt our characters to confront parts of themselves they've been denying or ignoring. We see this when Betty looks at herself and immediately confesses anxiety after her mother's passing. Peggy stares into the ladies' room mirror and finds some inner resolve. Mad Men reuses this idea in future episodes. In episode 8, The Hobo Code, gazing into a mirror triggers a memory from Don's childhood. Episode 10, Long Weekend, shows Carol confess her love for Joan. At the end of Indian Summer, Peggy peers at herself in the darkness, noticing she's become overweight. Marriage of Figaro introduces Don's association with trains, a motif that delineates several episodes throughout season one. Trains relate to Don's tendency to run from hardship. We rarely see him confront personal problems head-on. In Marriage of Figaro, this is directly tied to Don's budding affair with Rachel and how it affects his family. He leaves Sally's birthday party and ignores his promise to pick up her cake, eventually passing out after parking his car under a bridge. As he watches a train pass by, he ponders how he can run from his life as a husband and a father. Episode 8, The Hobo Code, shows the beginnings of Don's escapism. He experiences a flashback to his childhood, where a hobo approaches his family's farmhouse. The young Dick Whitman listens as the hobo discusses leaving his life behind and becoming a man of the rails. He talks about riding trains and sleeping under the stars. The hobo's ideas captivate Dick, a boy who lives in poverty, raised by an unloving father and an adopted stepmother. The hobo warns that death is coming if Dick doesn't find a way out. Nixon versus Kennedy shows Dick finally abandoning his past to embrace the identity of Don Draper. His adopted parents stand on the train platform while his brother chases hopelessly behind. Don turns away and heads to the bar with a young woman. Mad Men strives to portray Don as a conflicted man, full of flaws, self-centered, avoidant, and insecure. His external persona of rugged individualism belies a scared, conflicted inner man who doesn't meet his problems honestly. Don's stoicism, his verbal bullying, his intimidation are all practiced. Don's outward persona, the guy in the suit who captivated audiences and was once named the most influential man in the world, is just a character Don is playing. The inner Don Draper doesn't want to fight, he wants to run. And throughout season one, Mad Men uses trains to remind us of Don's escapist impulses. Episode 6, Babylon, introduces several motifs. Roger's bird in a cage reminds us of the movie Breakfast at Tiffany's. It hints at how Joan sees their affair. Joan admires Roger, but their relationship prevents her from finding the old-fashioned love and mutual respect she seeks. In later episodes, Joan realizes she needs to move on with her life. Babylon also uses lipstick to show the connection between beauty and self-worth in the lives of women. Peggy turns this into a deeply personal idea about Belle Jolie, saying, Nobody wants to be one of a hundred colors in a box. Babylon itself is an important motif, playing out across a meeting with the Israeli Board of Tourism, Don's lunch date with Rachel, and the final song at the Gaslight Cafe. We talked about Babylon's connotations in episode 1.6, about how it often represents a longing for home and comfort, 
to feel like we belong. I think this contributes heavily to the episode's melancholy mood, to a feeling we get that something is out of place for each of these characters, cemented by the image of Don sitting amidst a cafe full of hippies, struck by the episode's final, sentimental ballad. Episode 8, The Hobo Code, makes repeated reference to a mark. Pete rips the collar of Peggy's blouse. Don pitches her Belgeli copy, Mark Your Man. The hobo teaches Don a series of markings. The idea of the mark, to me, is about attachment, about how we become part of another person's world. The episode's final shot closes in on the name Donald Draper etched into Don's office door. It forces us to consider how Don is impacted by inhabiting this new name and identity. Perhaps the kinder, more human parts of himself have been buried within, along with the name Dick Whitman. Fathers and daughters are shown across several scenes in Long Weekend, the 10th episode of season 1. The opening scene shows Don joking with his daughter Sally. Betty worries about her own father and his new girlfriend. Roger expresses concern about his daughter, and Rachel's father, Abraham Mankin, is finally introduced. Long Weekend treats the idea of legacy, of life's meaning. It uses fatherhood to perhaps imply the deeper satisfaction we find in family. Roger's heart attack inspires an existential crisis, and fatherhood is Mad Men's response, in answer to the fear that our time will eventually run out. The following episode, Indian Summer, uses the repeated idea of a drink of water. The episode is set during a late summer heat wave, and water symbolizes relief and satisfaction. Don asks Peggy for a glass of water as he first walks into Sterling Cooper. A door-to-door salesman convinces Betty to let him in for a glass of water. The bossa nova song, Agua de Beber, plays during Betty's fantasy. It all contributes to the episode's competing ideas of tension and relief. Joan worries about Roger after his heart attack. Betty yearns for sexual intimacy as Don spends more time with Rachel. We discuss digging as a motif in episode 1.12, Nixon vs. Kennedy. Don's flashbacks repeatedly show him digging holes, as a boy in the hobo code, than later in this episode. Digging may have a connection with Don's own death wish, an idea theorized by Mad Men fans that will become more believable in future seasons. But I think we can unequivocally say that digging is another symbol of Don's searching, perhaps for something within himself. He seems anxious and dissatisfied, even as a boy. He mentions enlisting in the army to escape his life at home. But Don doesn't find comfort despite his searching. Even after the accident and his assumption of a new identity, Don still battles with inner turmoil. Mad Men's finale, The Wheel, makes prominent use of photographs. Don looks through photos of his wife and children, even a photo of him with his brother Adam. This isn't the first time Mad Men portrays photography. We see it in Marriage of Figaro, as Don uses an 8mm video recorder during Betty's party. Don takes a Polaroid of Midge in the hobo code. Don often comes to strong resolutions while looking at photos. Cameras are linked with observation, with looking outward and noticing other people. Don sees moments of love in both Marriage of Figaro and The Hobo Code. These intimate moments seem to violate Don's assertion that love doesn't exist. I think Mad Men is making a statement about Don's nature here. 
that the world he finds through genuine observation is far different than the narrative he tries so hard to create. Don always wants to be one step ahead, to be dictating how his life will unfold, but his need for control often leads him to gross mistakes in judgment. Don seems to realize this when looking at photos in the wheel. If cameras are a way for Don to observe, then photographs hold these observations in permanence. They're a way to look back, to relive old feelings, so intimately tied to the nostalgia that Don pitches to Kodak. Don experiences his own nostalgia and tries to reconcile with both Adam and Betty. But he finds that these photographs beckon to moments and sentiments that have long faded. Adam has committed suicide. Betty has left him. The wheel also voices another recurring madman motif of physical touch, specifically through hand-holding. Harry describes photographs of handprints on glass, saying, It was like someone was reaching out to say, I was here. Glenn offers his hand to Betty as she confesses her unhappiness. Don finally shakes Peggy's hand, offering her a promotion. We've seen hand-touching before. Peggy touches Don's hand near the end of Mad Men's pilot. After a meeting with Mankins, Pete offers Don a handshake while Don stands unmoving, defiant. Elliot Lawrence propositions Salvatore over dinner by touching his hand. Physical touch implies a deeper, more personal connection. It's powerful in Mad Men's world, where many characters hide their genuine feelings. And it does seem to say, I was here. I reached someone. Mad Men communicates extensively in the language of subtext, perhaps more than any show I've watched. The meaning, and where the truth lies, is almost universally beneath the surface. I find motifs in Mad Men so intriguing because it feels like you're sharing a secret with the writers of the show, like they're whispering something to you, with a wink, as the characters continue leading their complicated lives. It's a way to make the people feel genuine while making weightier, more impactful statements. The repeated concept of cameras and photography is, for me, the most moving motif in Mad Men's first season. I've been shooting my own photographs since I rented a Polaroid in the third grade. Photography fills me with my own nostalgia. It's something I shared with my father, who bought me my first camera, introducing a lifelong obsession. I've been around the world with my camera, capturing people and places as memories. I associate photographs with the power to preserve a moment, to make a feeling last forever. Looking through the viewport feels transformational, almost an out-of-body experience, a way to become one with a scene. Mad Men's portrayal of cameras and photography feels so personal, so relatable. When watching Marriage of Figaro, I feel viscerally connected with the show, with how Don felt walking around that party. It reminds me of my own experience as a photographer. It reminds me of my own photographs and memories. It reminds me of my fascination with film. It reminds me of legacy, of permanence, of my dad, and how the strands of his life are intertwined with mine. I've likely missed several recurring motifs from Mad Men's first season, but these are the ones that I found most noteworthy. Each struck me in its own way, enough for me to jot down some notes as I watched, then watched again, then watched for the third time. But I'd like to engage you all a bit, so I'll close with an idea. Send me your favorite motifs from season one, either by email or through social media. I'll incorporate your responses in future episodes of the show. We still have one bonus episode to go in season one, where we'll discuss something I've put off far too long. The birth of Mad Men, from writing, to finding a network, to casting, and the making of the Mad Men pilot. <laughs>